All right. <clears throat> Hang on a minute. Let me just pour out a glass of wine. Do you hear the, uh, the cracking of the wine bottle? Oh, I can. Underrated sound. It's going to be one of those fucking podcasts. <laughs> that's that's going to be right. intro right Let's there. Do this. Let's do it. Talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. But all week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Hello, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to the Dropped Kickoff for another week. I'm Nick Wasiliev and I am here and I am in grieving. It's uh, it's one of those days. I've got a I've got a, a bottle of Tempest Two Vidello 2021 vintage that I am am drinking as we record this evening. Um, because if you are gonna you know drink your sorrows away, you may as well do it in some style. But I have two gentlemen joining me uh, once again over the interways to talk about another blood is low loss. Let's start with Mr. Hartman. Hartman, how are we doing? Hey, hey, Nick. Um, yeah, you wanted to host again tonight. Um, actually, now that you have hosted, I was really keen to do a... What only seemed natural, you've seen the Eric Andre show. He's kind of subverting um, uh, late-night chat show vibes. So sometimes when he introduces a guest, he just goes, uh, it's on TV or whatever. Um, and I kind of feel that way. I wish you'd just kind of said, yeah, podcast, questions, let's go. Um, really brought it down. Uh, but that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Well, if, if it makes you feel any better, mate, um, my internet's been shite all evening. I've, my computer's crashed twice, and uh, I'm down in Barrel where the internet is a bit spotty. So if uh, if I disappear and drop out, you can basically just take over. You, you know the gist. We've also got Nathan Williamson on the line. Nathan, the last vestiges of, of people trying to keep this podcast professional. How are we doing? Mate, I'm currently in Spain, but the S is silent. It's one of those. <laughs> uh, it's that, just that natural cycle after a side defeat. You know, you build your hope up. You see, you see a good performance in Melbourne, and then just all of a sudden just goes away. But, you know, we move on. It's, you know... But at the end of the tunnel, we've been here before. This is this is familiar ground, so we just we move on and let's keep cracking. Well, see, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that because I feel like folks are a bit more pissed after this result um, over the weekend. I'm sensing there is a bit that folks are a little more. There's a little bit more to this than than what has previously been suggested. But uh, you know. Let's let's dive into the questions and, and we'll we'll touch on that a bit further. But we we asked we reached out to to folks on social media for a Q and A, um, and here are some of the questions that you delivered for us. So the first question that we got was from Ian Foster, and the question is, "Lol, crying face times five. Cheeky bastard, cheeky bastard." Like, oh. <laughs> like uh, I mean, come on, mate. You beat us forty to fourteen. It's uh, you don't have to be. You don't have to then hit us with the with the crying face emoji that every other Kiwi does. 
40 to 14. Uh, where the hell do we start with this game, Nathan? Ah, uh, jeez. I mean, we just, we just got beat all around the park. That's the that's the sad reality. I mean, I thought the first 20 minutes, there was plenty of promise. Like, we defended our hearts out. We showed some glimpse of attack. Um, but, yeah, once again, uh, we lost the collision battle. We were our own worst enemy when it came to discipline. You know, two yellow cards. Um, one for a, a pretty pretty silly lifting tackle. The other for, you know, a deliberately collapsing a mall, which, you know, fair enough. Um, and then, yeah, another performance where you lose a key player, you know, after 20 minutes and all of a sudden your backline falls apart and it just kind of turns to shambles. So, like, it's, it seems like the perfect summary of this kind of season, to be honest. Like, it's, you know, just getting a bad combination of just a bad luck of agreeing with just poor discipline letting us down when ultimately we, we were trying to back up what was a really good game one performance in, in Melbourne. Like, it's... That's that, the problem. Is that's that's a level of consistency. It's just consistently inconsistent. God, it's it's kind of the story of the year in in a nutshell. It's just why, like some of the, I was so encouraged by that twenty minutes. Um, I think all of us were. Um, the, they were staying in the game, even when the All Blacks got one or two tries ahead. You just had that feeling or that hope, or more that not necessarily hope, more that trust that the boys would come back. And yes, they did come back with, you know, when, when, uh, you know, in that, in that second half, but then they just got blown off the park. It's just something, something it's, it's a, again, that same problem of just inconsistency, uh, which has just killed us this year. Nico, is it as bin juice as we say it is? Is it, is it, sorry, crab juice? Is it as crab juice as we say, or is, or are you just like, fuck it? Um, well, well, I kind of, I think we won the last game, really, in my mind. That that was like a, what's the word, um, you know, deus ex machina. Yeah, deus ex machina. Or... Got pulled from underneath us, so I, I, I think we won the last game. We've been, yeah, I mean, Nathan said, uh, we, we can't string two good games together. I know we had five games unbeaten. But I don't, it's just kind of a, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, eh. and then, you know, like on Saturday, like, you know, I watched the, um, went out and watched AFL Grand Final, and that was, that was crap. And I watched, and, and there are all these people going out to the swans, not even watching the game, you know, they're just having dinner um, with the game on. You know, they're just trying to look good. Then the 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 watch letter so and I seem to be the only bloke watching it. Or maybe there'll be a couple other people watching it in the pub that they weren't watching after twenty five minutes. This is crap. It was like the old you know, the, the games of old era. Um and you know, and then I saw today that um the USA women's basketball team have put hundred and twenty five points on the Ivory Coast or something. It was the biggest win ever. And it's like I'm doom scrolling. <laughs> Nick Hartman, notable Ivory Coast women's basketball fan over here. Uh, it's like, oh, I like, guess bad news. Like, let's go back to the Ukraine war and global recession. <laughs> <in Syria. laughs> 
But, um, yeah, just, Jesus you know, Christ. like the only time he looked good, I totally disagree with you. I just didn't think. I mean, I missed the first bit of it. The only time we looked good was when, um, uh, at the end, right at the end, um, strung a few phases together. But when the game was already decided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, this is shit again. I uh, can't blame the referee. I mean, John Bataille dropping the ball for no reason again. Um, Angus Bell scoring an own try. Like, okay, here's something. Here's I mean, that's, something. that's not his fault. That is, like, no, that is... it's just, like, it's like, what is, like, it's... And people said this recently, and it's an idea I've had for ages, so I kind of feel stupid myself, but robot referee. You need a robot referee, and then everyone be fucking happy. You can count everything exactly, you know. Uh, you know they, they can see when the ball went out, or whatever. Um, and then, but it's not the spirit of the game. Like Thingy didn't score that try. In no kind of sense did he score that try, you know. Um, and then to go back to like Andrew Kellyway, Kellyway's try, like he he scored that try. He did a big run. He scored the, like he scored it. Like just give it. If you didn't have TMO, you'd give it. You know, it's not nothing outrageous. Um, I, I think ultimately it comes down to the, this idea of how, how it's something that's it's pissed me off across rugby league, rugby union, all the sports where like you have to have this this refs call that that you know must stand. It's like the ref sees it in you know real time, sees as quick as possible with three bodies in the way, and that decision all of a sudden has power over eighteen different camera angles, which can super slow mo something and tell you if something is correct or not because a referee in, in quick time with a, you know fifty percent of the view made the first call then we have to go with that it's just like if you if you take that out of it realistically a, a team is probably going to say look we're we've got enough we've probably got enough evidence here to say this is more a no try than a try and probably disallows it but i mean regardless we we, we weren't good enough in the night even with the, no. any refereeing call like that's no, that's the no 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 the referee wasn't good enough. No, yeah no, the referee, you know we we we, we shit um Saturday, but I just, I just, it just annoyed me, you know. It's like, what happened to it? But anyway, Nick, back to you. I feel that. Sorry, just on that point, I think, I think the reason why there is a bit more kind of frustration around this loss is because, because of how good we did play in Melbourne. Like that last twenty minutes is one, probably one of the in Melbourne was one of the best twenty minutes I've seen out of the Worldy side. Like they absolutely torched the Kiwis. They were playing fast, expansive rugby, and they looked good. And that, I think that's the thing that, that just frustrates people is seeing that it's possible, seeing that in this team they can match it with the All Blacks and and dominate them for periods and put I quick guess, points on them. I guess but, the chaos of it all, right? Play really well, and then we just play like, you know, Jordan Pattaya, I remember that run he had, he just dropped it cold for no reason. It's like, ugh. You know? <laughs> We, we called this pod the dropped kickoff, Nick, because it's the most dis- disappointing thing that you could do. Yeah. You might have to change the change it to Jordan Pattaya down the wing, dropping the ball for no reason. Jordan, the Jordan Pattaya pod. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it rolls off the tongue as well. Well, it would just yeah. be JPDTB. <laughs> Jordan Pattaya, <laughs> ball again. Jordan Pattaya dropped the fucking ball again. But you t- this touches on, you touch on a good point, Nathan. Week to week, and this has been something that has existed pre-Rennie coming along. Every, most other teams, but I mean, whenever I watch, um, 
New Zealand play South Africa, you will get two weeks, like increasingly, usually two weeks of good quality rugby. Team shows up one week, then shows up the following week, regardless of, you know, and it's the small little things that, that prove the difference whenever they play. For so long, against no other team, we can show up week to week against England. Even if we, I mean, yes, we lost the, the series in, you know, in recently, but I mean, there were three decent games at least. Um, we turned up, we can turn up pretty often against, obviously, um, and I'm saying this bar the fact that this year has been just such an inconsistent week to week year against every team. One week we put together just fantastic, beautiful, free flowing rugby. And the next week we put together a pile of crap. Oh, I um, guess we lost twice to England in a row. Yeah, but those games were at least close. The boys showed up. Um, in in even even in those games where we lost, um, like against New Zealand, it's I, it's it's a ment- I think for me it's a mental thing more than anything else. You go to New Zealand, or you've played that one week. You, you play one good performance that you know has kind of pissed them off, and then you just kind of wait for them to do their thing. And then they go and do it. And you're just like, you've already psyched yourself out from playing. And for, for 20 minutes of that game over the weekend, I thought maybe we actually might finally bloody show up for the second match this time. And we didn't. And it was just so disappointing. <laughs> well, as, just, as, as Nathan was saying, um, that no one went over. Um, not, not that, in terms of Australian journals, there was none that I know that went over. So. Yeah, so even they were like, eh, you know, if we win, we'll go over and see it. But um, can I can I say a, a really annoying thing? It's really annoying and then adds to my fucking Kiwi fans everywhere on Australian uh, media and South Africans as well. It's fucking bizarre. It's really childish i mean ethan the group the prop did the crying laughter emoji i said in the group chat i have not seen that for 20 years. and then in every media if it's gag if it's rugby.com.au if it's fox sports if it's stan if it's this podcast if it's rugby report cards twitter feed they're all there with the crying laughter emojis it's the most popular emoji in new zealand the crying Play, playground slander that just makes me embarrassed to be a grown man and it's all just it's all what about isn't like, oh, what about, what about fucking uh, uh, Kelsey Swain hit that guy's leg? It's got nothing to fucking do with anything. It's disgusting. Yeah. Everyone agrees with it. Uh, exactly. We don't, you don't complain about the referees. You guys lose two games to Ireland and you have a fucking national meltdown. Like, did someone put yes. their flag at half mast? It's like, it's just, it's like, it's like vomiting, you know? It's, it's kind of being trapped in a hangover. Um, I, I watch a game, the Wallabies lose, and you get this bullshit in social media, which means you just can't you can't enjoy yourselves. And why are you following our social media? And and I know Matt Rowley and I, Matt, who used to run Gagger, we talked about it. Because um, it used to happen on Gagger all the time. It's like... It's just uh, fucking disgusting. It's got to end. Like, it might, you know... This, and I'm not saying this is all Kiwis, obviously. But you guys know what I mean. And, and it goes for... Um, because for all the like South Africans too, after all the hoo ha with Nick White, which is still going on, like what Nick White did was embarrassing, but 
Bafta clerk hit him in the face, by which all accounts is a yellow card, which it shouldn't be. It's fucking dumb. It should just be a penalty for him being a dick. But people keep going on about all Marika. I'm so over it. Um, so fucking over it. This is a soft spot here. Jesus Christ. Oh, well, man. No, no, it's, 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 it just makes things so not enjoyable. It's the sort of shit that turns you off the game. It's one of it's like that shot, and there is banter and stuff. But you know, there comes a point where you can like, okay, you can. We get it. You've won it twenty years in a row, and you're so un, and yet you you kind of really need to prove a point that you're and you're that uncomfortable about raising it, uh, you know, on, on, in a social media setting, that you're like, oh yeah, we beat you again, ha ha ha. Like it, it just it underlies such an insecurity. Really, when I think about it, and it, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it is so, like, embarrassing. Man. It's, it's it's embarrassing, but it also underlies. I think if this year has proven anything, is that when the chips, the humble Kiwi fan, no longer exists. Maybe it didn't even ever exist. And again, I'm saying like, vast majority of Kiwi fans are probably like, either you just don't engage with this sort of stupid discourse at all, or. Um, you know, you actually, in, on some level, agree with the, uh, you know, with the idiot fans that are, out, that, and all find that the idiot fans, you find them embarrassing, you know. And let's, I'm not going to say that Australian, that us Australian fans aren't, don't have idiots out there. I won't name names, but let's just say Bruce Gilbert knows who he is. Um, but you lose three games, and you're calling for the coach to be sacked. You're calling for this, and I feel like. We, how many games have we lost in a row? We have had a decade of utter misery, and I'm still in the. I still have faith that Rennie can do stuff. It is either it's a lack of faith in myself or a belief that hey, there is actually something there, and you don't know nothing. You know nothing of this of this crap. Australian when the chips are down, aren't going on stuff.co.nz's uh, sport page website and going, oh, bro, you know we bowled you out again. Like, shut up. Oh, there might be some. Like that's probably that's probably coming. Exactly. Realistically, I as as someone who's looked at these look at these comments for the, essentially every day for the past eighteen months, like it's it's one of those things. It it often comes around, you know, at the height of Kiwi winning and all that sort of stuff. But it's I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I'm not sure if it's just a case of you know this. It's just another year of copying and copying another loss. But yeah, I. T- I I tend to sort of agree to agree to an extent. Like it's just it gets it gets tight. It's one of those things. You after a result like that or after defeat, you kind of want to just put it out of your mind and just kind of want to just move on and just you know have a respectful respectful discourse. But there there are certain people just take it overboard. That's, that's realistically it. It's just it's just a loud minority. But it it is what it is. I, I was it's so a- close to doing a purge because I got the keys to the Gaga Facebook and just fucking purge. <laughs> and even maybe even doing a poll um, because there are a lot of guys. I remember there was this guy called Kiwi Rugby Lover who always used to uh, comment on all the green and gold rugby news, um, and he was great and fine and level-headed. Um, so come for the discourse, not for the uh, the shit house or anything. Yeah, just the yeah yeah. You'd have a chat. Um, anyway, fuck. I'm just. <laughs> And the Nick White shit, like, okay, I get, I could always be a lightning rod now, and it's kind of funny, but it's also, he's a dick, but. We know he milked the penalty. We we know. 
won't be the first to milk a penalty. Won't, won't be the last. Like, it's, it's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's, let's move past the crying emojis and then move over to question two from our Q&A. Um, and this comes from Fox Sports Writer. And the question is, when can we talk about Dave Rennie getting the sack? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think, uh, and this is kind of this one. Yeah, sure. Go, go ahead. I'll, I'll talk like a daily a telegraph. Uh, oh, yeah. And I was about to reference the daily telegraph article. <laughs> um, by which everyone, I do a one sentence paragraphs. Um, should Dave Rennie get sacked? Stats are interesting. Um, oh, this is really painful to do, actually. Um, no, <laughs> is my answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's incredible haiku. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't haiku. Um, Tokyo Daily Telegraph. Uh, I don't think you should get sacked. Um, I can see why lots of valid questions. Uh, I, I kind of agree. I, I sympathize with people saying, oh, it's weird that we don't talk about it because if there's anyone else, we would, or anyone previously, we have. But it's kind of like, um, I remember I remember when Checker got um, put in and I wrote an article actually about it for the rule back in the day and I said, um, you know, this is just a silver bullet. Like, we just think he'll come in and fix everything. Um, and then, so what if he doesn't fix everything? What are we going to do then? Um, and I mean, he fixed things for a bit, but then, you know, how we know how it turned out. And I think Rennie is kind of, the, the selections are fine. Tactics, they work, they work. Yeah, um, it's, it's like, again, J-P-P-P-B-A. Um, all again. I, what can you do about that? I think it's one of those things. Like, realistically, like you look at the you look at the winning record, and it's, it's probably one of the worst from Australia. It's Australian coach, but it is the worst. It, oh, is, it is the worst. It is so, like um, even Bob. So you know, the only one that's even comparable is Bob Dwyer's first stint back in eighty two, eighty three, and he had a winning record of. And that, but then again, of course, that's like before professional times. He had a winning record of forty one percent, but then he made up for it. Three years later, with a golden era of uh, of success that included a World Cup, um, I think I think Jeff Jeff Parks put it right when he was writing for the Royal World. Like it, the record's bad, you know. If you look at it just from a number, then yeah, you'd you'd be saying he should be should be marching on his way out. But the fact is, when you watch the Wallabies, and you know, we talk about the inconsistency, but when they are good, you can you can see growth. You we can see. All of a sudden, improvement of skills. You know, one to fifteen become playmakers. You know, you only point back to that Adelaide test, and you saw that. Um, we've seen areas of growth from from players. You know, someone like a Pete Sama is all of a sudden is just continues to grow under Dave Rennie as a test player. You know, the fitness seems to improve. There seems to be more of a res- resolve in the side. Like there are legitimate signs that this side has grown. And that's why, you know, you won't hear that chat of, or hear the chat, you know, that would be relevant to someone, to a similar coach of this record. I do think, however, though, if you, if we can't have a, a sold outing at the spring tour, you then have to start asking the question of, well, if we're, we, we then end up being 12 months from a World Cup, what, 
what does the future look like then? Because I believe his contract is up at the end of next year. And yeah. if, if, so you then start asking, well, what becomes a pass mark? What do we kind of, what do we need to look for in a result? Because, you know, it's all well and good to, you know, you can struggle all you want in, the, in terms of result-wise for three or four years leading up. But if you, if Rennie all of a sudden put, manages to pull it together and gets a deep World Cup run, no one's going to care about getting pumped by Argentina and getting pumped by New Zealand. You know, and again, a point to make as well, like we're still missing Michael Hooper, you know, Samu Krevi, two out of the four players that were nominated for World Rugby Player of the Year. Missing Craig Cooper, we're missing, we've missed a, a, a whole host of talent across this this um, this international period. Yeah. Uh, okay, but I think Brett... Get up. Brett McKay's injury list, based on what mm. you're saying. So that's Brett McKay. I better say that's exactly what I was just about to Okay, okay, okay. I've got it up here. We are missing 31 players due to injury. I have have missed 31 so, players throughout the year. Have, have. Some who yeah, are counted 30... twice. They oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Injured again. Yeah. So they got. So basically, they just gone and got gone in and gone out again. Yeah, true. But like. I, yeah, Swinton, Rodder, Harry Johnson, Holmes, Holloway, Hannigan. They got injured pre-England and are still out. That's right. Then Cooper got injured, and then I mean Banks, but he's back for Australia. A. Alatoa was out. Iktao was out. Bell was out. Like a lot of them. It's quite. It's a shocking. It's it's a. Doesn't it doesn't make we'll we'll, we'll link to it in the uh, in in the bio. But yeah, it, it makes for tough for well, tough. Well, and yeah, so, when. Like, we're not going to say, like, you know, that's that's the main excuse and, you know, everything's going to be rosy when they're back. But, like, you do you do have to give this context. Like, you, we got to remember, you know, leading up to this, we were, you know, Michael Hooper was lead, led the way. I think won the John Hills medal by such a length last year, it wasn't even funny. You know, you take him out of a side, you take a, a damaging inside centre out for the majority of your time, then, yeah. Like, that's going to affect the side's performance. You know, and hopefully once all those pieces come together, we can enjoy an injury-free next year because the thing is as well, and another point that has to be made, is a lot of these are, like, they're not soft tissue injuries. They're not, like, you're training overload stuff. You know, you're there. A lot of, a lot of it has been contact stuff where you are just unlucky. You know, we, we haven't got, a, a, you know, the rub of the green with injuries. In terms of you look at Banks, you look at um, you look at Karevi doing it during sevens. You look at Parisi, Neville, Cooper, Tuvo. Now, Tuvo was a calf strain, but still that was a warm up injury. You know, Matt Phillip does his sternum, and I think who I think is the most underrated player. When you look at the fact he missed, he's missed both floggings we've caught this year in terms of Argentina and New Zealand. You know, Fichetti's now looks like might be done for the season with a shoulder injury that he had. They was during a carry, like not even a tackle. Like he was apparently carrying the ball and got injured that way. Like we've we've just copped some bad luck as well. But I do What's think. What's going on it, with the conditioning like, program though? Like so, sure, that's the strength of conditioning program at the Wallabies. That's the point I'm making. Is a lot of it like, actually actually is is stuff which isn't affected by your conditioning program. It's like your contact stuff which. Is just freak freak stuff. A lot of it. It's not your soft tissue stuff, which which comes from a lot of overtraining or over intensity. So like we're we're just cop we've just cop some shit luck as well. But again, I do think we're at the stage where 
we can't afford to have the same string tour as we had last year. Can I can I just oh. add something on with Nathan as well? Um, is that due to a lot of the injuries, we've actually had a lot of these guys, uh, like squatties, I guess you'd normally call them, you know, not first choice there if injuries happened, that have actually kind of stood up and played really well, like Philip, like Fichetti. Now uh, now people are saying Fichetti, oh, well, you know, maybe this is a, a tw- oh, Ikatao as well. Um, these guys who don't, don't, don't scream like world class and some of the Hoopers or, or Cooper or Callaway, but I mean, even Tom Wright, you know, played well um, in a lot of games. So I think that's also a testament to uh, Rennie's coaching. Jeez. But yeah, it, it comes up. I, I mean, look, I agree with I agree with all these points. There is if people were to look at that, the 36 percent success rate or the 37 percent success rate. And say, yeah, it's time to go. It's. It's the, the reason why so many people hesitate on this is because we've all seen that there is the makings of an excellent team that Rennie is working on here. And I think it, I, when I think Hamish, Hamish McClendon came out and basically said, yeah, he, we are you know, fulfilling and contracting him through to the World Cup, it would be stupid to remove him now, a year out. You know, who is going to be able to turn this team around in that period of time? I think, you know... The only team that has done that is, is Argentina with Checker. Um, and he was given an extra, he was given a year, like an, like he's got effectively two years uh, of prep before the World Cup. Um, to pull out now is a, is, is a ter- I don't think is a very good idea at all, considering what we can see Rennie is trying to build, the luck that he has had in front of him um, with injuries um, and, and all of the stuff above. Um, and additionally, the question of, well, who the hell would you get to replace him? Who, who is circling around Planet Rugby, either in a domestic capacity or internationally, that, could, that is at the level that Rennie could be? I mean, obviously, you can ask Dan McKellar is the only real domestic option. But even then, I'm like, I don't know if he's necessarily ready. Yeah, he's, he's done great work with the Brumbies um, and proven successful there. But, it, it, you know, some, players, some coaches at that level sink or swim when you get to international level. Um, in all honesty, uh, so no, he should not be. I don't think he should be sacked. I've got a question, right? So he shouldn't be sacked, but I've got a better question for you. Have you missed Hooper? I think so. Um, I think, I, yeah, I think it's one of those things. Hooper brings a level of consistency, and that's that's what we miss the most. You like Mike, Michael Hooper on a bad day is a six out of ten, like that, and that's the level we have to get to. I like short Pete Sami has been great coming at seven. You know, it looks like he could absolutely as cement himself as more than just this impact player. But in terms of leadership and what he brings to the table, yes, we, we've missed him. And like, not only that, the kind of what that would have done to a team as well, having seen, seeing that captain all of a sudden take such a sudden leave of absence and, you know, all the talk that would sur- as surrounded, you know, surrounds a team and you know at each each kind of week you kind of someone asks the question well have you heard from him is he coming back what's going on is he there and it's just like that that takes its toll as well so i 100 i reckon we've missed him but i mean i think there have been some good options and success that have come out of that though like out of, out of him being in in that position i mean you, you only have to look at the fact that that, you know, Fraser McWright was such a standout player for many of those South African games and many of the Argentinian games. Um, it's, 
that like uh, there is there is you know there has been gold that has been found in the number seven position. And I think if there's any if there's any point that you cannot disagree with is the fact that of all the positions that Australia has in terms of depth that we can compete with anyone, loose forwards is the one place that we've got an abundance of good players um, and, and good options, um, even at lower levels. The, like, the, I do agree with, with Nathan. I think Hooper is, you, you, the consistency is the problem right now and this is the reason why the questions are being asked about Rennie here is because unlike last year when we were able to string a few wins together um, and even deliver some close performances on the end of year tour um, the the fact that week to week we have just not been up to standard particularly during this rugby championship um, one week you put together a great a great performance the next week it is god awful um, some of the matches that they've put together. And I agree completely. I am so worried about this end-of-year tour. Do you want, here's, a th- here's a question for you guys. Who was the last team that we beat on an end-of-year tour in Europe? I'm not counting the Japanese game um, as a kind of the warm-up for the end-of-year tour, but when, was the la- when did we actually beat a team in, on a European tour last, um, last? Have a guess. I mean, Given we always do it, I, I would say Wales because generally we go over and beat Wales. But no, uh, Italy. Italy. We beat the last time we've actually won a game in Europe um, was Italy in 2018. Um, right. What? We have, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Italy in 2018. Because we, yeah, that's the last time we've actually won a game in Europe on a European tour. Because we had the World Cup, we had, uh, and then we had, you know, no international tour in 2020. And then 2021, we had that shocker of an end of year tour. So the last time we've actually won a game in Europe was close to four years ago. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. Stat and a half. That is a stat and a half. It's a problem. And it, there is a point where you go, you need to actually start winning some goddamn games on the road in Europe. Of course, it's easier said than done, but. Similarly to how, you know, when you have the July series where you're coming up against Northern Hemisphere teams that have played, you know, the Six Nations and are all warmed up, their combinations are a bit more set coming up against New Zealand, South Africa and Australia who are playing their first test matches of the, of the calendar year. Um, now we're in a situation right now where we've, we've just come out of a very competitive rugby championship. We've had some, yes, some terrible weeks, but also some really strong performances. I you need to get some wins here. You need some wins. Just not just for the sake of, of statistics or anything, but just for goddamn consistency week to week. It's not like there is really no excuse. Um, and considering that the talent is there, and I guess the last point on this before we move over to the next question um, that, I've, that I want to say at least, is that the one positive that I can really take from all of this is considering the amount of injuries we've had and how many boys have had to step up to the plate, um, while it's been inconsistent, it may be a case of short-term pain for long-term gain that hopefully come the World Cup next year, we'll have a whole bunch of boys who have recovered from injuries and who are in the right condition to play and who are coming back. And should the event that we lose players at the World Cup, all of these boys will have been battle-hardened from this period of just shit performances and will be better for it to come out and produce a better performance there. But you can't guarantee that until it actually happens. 
So it's really on the boys now to come up with a response from their, themselves and let their rugby do the talking. Absolutely. Couldn't put it better myself. Let's move on to question three. And on the subject of staying with the Wallabies and this European tour, the, the first match that we have coming up is a game against Scotland. Um, we got a question from Vuli Sunavalu, and that is the question of when is Vunavalu finally going to get a start? Uh, very good question, Vuli. Um, let's talk about Vunavalu, but then also talk about the squad in general. Um, Hartman, what does Vunavalu have to do to get a start in this Wallabies squad? Um, well, Rennie actually came up with an answer to that question earlier today. Um, Nathan might know the quote because it's by heart. But, um, yeah, no, hopefully we'll see him on the tour. I think Corbetti will be out. Corbetti just the Japanese thing from last, the same thing from last year. Oh, right. Yeah, I, um, and I think Tom Wright kind of crapped the bed. Um, did he though? I thought he was all. I mean, like, yeah, he had a couple of shit performances, but like when he was, was on fire, he was on fire. Oh, he was great for the English series. I think it's just that that tap from New Zealand in that in that game in New Zealand, everyone remembers. That's that's, that's always gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. So the quote the quote you're after, Hartman, is he need he needs to convince us at training around high speed and, and repeat speed. He's certainly got some attributes that we know he can sell at that level, but it's a whole package. When you look at players, people in the backfield, they've got massive work ethics, and I'm not sure everyone appreciates what these guys do off the ball. The decision around decision making around starting those three is pretty straightforward. That's those that's back three being Callaway, Wright, and Areca. So I think like, you, if you look at Scotland, Probetti's out. Like he's so it, there's a spot there on the wing. Realistically, your your options are you either push Callaway back back to the wing and bring a specialist fullback in or you go for a, or you just slot Vunavali straight in now I think one of the things is Kellaway's been Kellaway's been a, a great fullback option I, I think he's really contesting with Banks as that number one fullback that we have in this country so I've been inclined just to leave him there and I think this is the time you just go right let's 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 see what you can do you know you've had you've had your time to develop Let's firstly see what he see what he does for Australia, eh? and we'll get. I think we'll get to that later. You know, give, give him some good game time there. If not, and if if he if he passes that test and he can really show that he can match it, chuck him straight in. I think this is this. You either do it this time, straight away, or that. I think it's the third test against Italy is where you just you let him you, you let him go wild and see what happens from there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, the, the, he's been around the, the squad long enough and it's clear that the, he's got talent. Like, I think if, if Cora Betty is out, it makes sense just to have him there um, in that position. Maybe, though I though I wonder if you pick him over Hodge or Pattaya because, of, because the both of them have a, have a better kicking game. But, um, yeah, hopefully he gets a start soon. Um, let's talk about this Scotland test. And on that, on on the subject of that, if you're gonna, ha- so you, you, if we get, if we're not gonna have Vunavalu in the Scotland Test, um, who shall let's let's kind of get a sense of who are the key players or who is who would be your starting fifteen side to go up against the Scots? Um, as I recall, I think we're on like a three or four match losing streak to them. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna check this up. I'm gonna Google this right now. But I think we haven't beaten them in a long time. Like, they've become our bogey team. 
Well, okay. So actually, let, let, let me let me let me clarify yeah, that. I think every so, I think every team's become our bogey team. But yeah. <laughs> all right, let's let's right, let's go through a fifteen then. Um, while you look that up, personally, I would only kind of and it, and there's talking coming back. If Hooper comes back, he comes straight back into the team for me. Well, why, why straight. Don't we start at the props. Yeah. Right, start at the props. Um, but really, see props. Are we changing anyone? No. Uh, Slipper and uh, seven A's. Yeah, good old seven A's. Um, and then on the bench, you go, go Bell and Tupo. Yeah, who was on the bench for last game? Uh, Pone. <laughs> um, yeah, probably Bell and Tupo. Um, Hooker, Cracky. Cracky, yep. Is uh, he? Uh, locks. A bit tough, probably Philip. And yeah. Um, go Philip. Go Philip and Neville. You reckon? Yeah. Um. Would you put Connor back in? That injury you had, according to uh, Brett McAe's list. What's this? Sorry. What injury? Uh, Rodder. Rodder. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure he's back yet. That's a. That's the only problem. Again. Okay. So. Uh, locks. Philip. Yeah. Okay. What we reckon? Philip and Neville for your locks. Yeah, Philip and Neville. Um. Um. And then back row, so you got Hooper. Hooper comes back at seven. Valentini and Samu. Yeah, I reckon that's yeah. your best option. You did essentially have that Brumbies mix of, you know, Val, Valentini six, Samu eight, or vice versa. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I think that that's locked in there. Um. There's any kind of element there if you want quality, but. I guess we can answer that in the bench and then halves white. Um, but I'd love to see Tate play more. Yeah, I think it's one of those, it's one of those interesting ones. It just, it just doesn't seem to get the the kind of time. But I think, I don't know, white, white's been a good option off the bench. Oh, actually, I, I'd go I, purely because my 10, if, if I think Bernard, Bernard's up near being Japanese, um, I don't think he falls on the same game as Marika. But if if Noah's back, and let's say Bernard's out, I, I would go that Brumby's combo of White and um, White and Noah. Agree or? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Senna's. Well, Eddie's out. But I think Paisama should be back from concussion, so there's easy easy slot in, and then oh, partners partners tell. Uh, yep, and then wingers be there. So, Bernavalu and All right, Callaway at fullback. At fullback, yeah. And yeah, I think that's a pretty settled fifteen when you think about it. It's not much, not much changes outside of injury. No, so. no, 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 no. But I guess injuries. That, that's it. I mean, it's actually funny. You go back to talk about uh, uh, Rennie. Just imagine if Karebi was playing every game. Imagine if Hooper was playing every game. Imagine if Cooper was playing every game. Imagine if Tupo was um, around and firing. Um, imagine if he, I... if he had Swinton. <laughs> oh, God. You had to throw that in, didn't you? Oh, man. Of course I did. Um... You, can, you, can, you can tell Nick's internet has died out because otherwise that would have got a massive response <laughs> from him. He would have got one of those like Metal Gear Solid like, exclamation marks every he said. 
Uh, so bench um, done the props. So the props we did was Bell and O and Ianga bench and bench. Box. Yeah, bench or lock slash back row. Yeah. So you Leota's played well. I don't know how out he is. Though. He oh, he's, he's stuffed. Oh, he's, he's gone. Uh, so in back. terms in terms of that lock lock back row, you probably go. Holloway. Yeah, Holloway, Holloway gives you that versatility as a someone that can cover four, five, six, and potentially eight. And then I guess you, I, I would always go McWright yeah. off the bench. Or McCrate. Good old, good old Fraser McCrate. Yeah, let's <laughs> go with that. Um, Nick, you back? No, he's not. Um, and then what's that? So that's five. So, when I, when I will knock on a six two split. We've. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, um, your backs, what do you I'd go? Like see, I'd say I want to see Tate. I, I, yeah. Of course, I don't mind Jordan, but I, I, I just want to see Tate. Um, I just think he's the perfect, perfect replacement halfback to bring on. Just, just that energy with energy with fifteen twenty to go. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, that's fair. So you, you get something different with Tate, and then who who covers your fly half and outside backs then? Oh, Hodge. I don't mind Hodge. Um, Mind Hodge, yeah, actually end up getting 100 caps <laughs> just as that versatile player, just just fills all gaps. I, I reckon, yeah, you give it to Hodge, and then as as your other finisher, ah, yeah. stuff, we'll, we'll give the tie one, one more chance. <laughs> um, it just it covers so much positions. <laughs> I wanted to go a bit out there though and say, um, has James kind of been drop dropped? He's just been dropped, he, right? So injured, I mean. combo, combo of dropped and injured. Like, got dropped and then got injured playing for Brothers. Actually, <laughs> no. Yeah. Actually, no. Sorry. Change, change Jordy Bataille. Screw it, because we'll go another red. Jock Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Jock Campbell. Yeah, I'd like to see him get a go. Right, that's, a, that's, that's, not, that's not bad rapid fire 23, so. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, well, we left out uh, Harry Wilson, of course. Um, yeah, just didn't do, didn't do enough for me. Yeah, and I think he, he got his big run-up. Of course, they failed. They should have given that to Pone on the week. Yeah, going for number eight was always a bug. No, no. Like, the dude's clearly <laughs> not showing up. <laughs> we got yeah, him. Yes. Got him back. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's... What do you think of that 23? And why do you think it was the best 23 you've ever heard? I think he's back out, Nathan. <laughs> Yeah, he's back out. I don't say. Should, should we segue to the fourth question? It's like he's really drunk, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just not enough back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I agree with Doc Campbell. It's only, he hasn't had a crack yet, so. Um, <laughs> I just sorry, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, your insight just went old drunk man, Nick. <laughs> you mean me too? No, I didn't. Nick was silly. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's just crack on. Sorry, Nick. Um, yeah. <laughs> We've got number four, number four, Nathan Williamson. Um, so you're you're going on the journey, Nathan. You're going to go cover the women's rugby world cup. This is correct. You, you all can go get fucked. I'm on adventure. <laughs> <laughs> nah, kidding. Um, so, yeah, I uh, had a, a good old out on, on Sunday. 
absolutely butchered that that pronunciation. Um, so yeah, off to New Zealand. Aotearoa. That got him back. That got him back. Rugby Ridge won't be happy. <laughs> Need something to get the insert going again. That's just my terrible pronunciations. But yes. <laughs> in all the in all the ins and outs and cutting ins that I've that I've you, just had to deal with. You're a, this thing all the places you're a cruel man, Hartman. Yeah, very cool. Does it sound yes. like I'm drunk? Is it that bad? It's, whatever you've done now, you fix it. Maybe uh, i the bottle's empty and I've just slumped on the on the uh, on the podcast desk. Yes. I, I will finish. I will finish off by saying. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> All right, let's just let's just let's just keep going and see how see how far we can get. So yeah, oh, so I remember from Paul. <laughs> Should I do it? Just it might might be the only option at this point. All right, question number four, Nathan, you're going off to uh, New Zealand uh, to cover the Women's World Cup. Yep, that's correct. Y'all can go get fucked. I'm off on an adventure. Nah, um, look, yeah, heading over Sunday should be should be a lot of fun. Just the World Cup in general, it's you know such an open event. Um, yeah, Australia getting the getting the campaign underway. Not this Saturday, but the Saturday afterwards in at in Auckland at Eden Park should be an absolute should be close to a sellout. And I think hearing whispers, it could be a world record for a women's rugby game. So like even better as well. Like it's going to be it's one of those real open tournaments in, in my opinion. Like you have from a strain perspective, you know. So New Zealand game is going to be a tough one. Like we've, they showed, they've shown their talent in like the four games we played in this year. But Scotland and Wales are legitimate winnable games. That you could really kind of make a statement. And when you, if you can get two out of three, or if you can kind of qualify for a quarterfinal, draw the right opponent. Who knows from there? But again, it's one of those things. I still think it's England's tournament to lose, just as a, as a mini preview. Like they just, they are so dominant. They are so dominant. Okay, so yeah, so it's twenty-five games is the the winning streak for England. So you know it's their their tournament to lose. But you know you see New Zealand like ninety-five to twelve over Japan on the weekend. I did not see that. That's crazy. Like Portia Woodman scored seven tries. And just like they're just they're in form you know home world cup like france is also a wild card in that as well so like it's gonna be a really open tournament so yeah i'm looking forward to it keep an eye on the keep an eye on the socials we get try and get some exclusive content out there from, from the drop kickoff account and just see see what happens see see how far we can go yeah try to um try to get some interviews and stuff and just we'll do we'll do <laughs> They're trying to get an interview, uh, in, intro. Well, interview, you can do an interview. Also do an intro for the pod. Just try and get the exclusive, like, two-minute grabs and just let's turn it into something. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll see what access is like over there and, you know, keep your eyes peeled because there might be stuff coming. Yeah. Eyes peeled and your ears open. Um, cool. That's very cool. Um, another thing to note, we probably should. Um, England's come under fire for sending team on an economy flight to New Zealand when and got a chartered flight to Japan. Um, you pop to touch you, Nathan? Or 
Um, yeah, I, no, I like it's one of those things. Like realistically, if you're gonna, they should be taking it, taking care of their side. It's one of the, it comes back to this idea of, of, you know, if you want them to be a professional side, you probably have to treat them like it. And, you know, it's so it's a, it's a little disappointing, but you know, it's uh, it's an, an unfortunate situation and something that's still showing that there's still steps to be taken. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crap, but I think it's definitely going to get a other uh, flight back home, whatever happens. Um, it'd be all worth it if they come back with the World Cup. Oh, and also depending how the British economy goes. Um, yeah, about that one. Um, cool, cool. I, I'm looking forward to the Women's World Cup. Um, Australia doesn't look too good, as we've discussed previously on this pod, but for us? I'm, up. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Gotta be. Um, my mate actually texted me. Um, uh, texted me on Sunday. I'd mentioned I was going. Uh, all the Wallabies might be in for chance, and all he just said was "ye of stupid faith." <laughs> so, yeah. Jeez. Uh, Very party. Uh, anyway, finally. Uh, well. Without Nick, Nick's going to himself doing it. The question is from Wick Vasiliev. Uh, but what about the NRC? Um, Classic. Let, let's talk. Let's talk about the equivalent of the closest thing we have to the NRC. Is Australia race playing I this think week? It's pretty fucking cool, man. I think it's pretty fucking cool. I wish it was more Pacific Nations Cup. Mm, like, I say, when you consider as well, like you have not only do you have Australia, race, but you're going to have like three. Super clubs going over playing Japanese clubs as well. Like that's a pretty dope little little period to have just to kind of build some rugby. But also this Australia A team is stacked. Like mm-hmm. like just name just names just going through the list right now. You know, Tom Banks, Jock Campbell, Dungunu, Donaldson, Edmund, Farmacilli, Frost, Ned Hannigan, um Lonigan team as well. Yeah, Neville. Um yeah. like Wallaby's bench. <laughs> Vernavalu as well, which we've, I think we've touched on as well. You know, like there's there's players with legitimate like multiple capped wallabies in the squad. Like this is if they can pick a really exciting fifteen, if they go all out, just to kind of see what it is. And I really hope just treat it as as a selection battle. Just give it to give the guys like you know Sully and Jock Campbell a chance to kind of show themselves in that back three. You know, let. Tane Edmund and Ben Donson fight over who's your next best 10 coming through and potentially get a spot in that spring tour with, you know, the potential of no Foley if, he, if the Japanese clubs don't don't play ball. You know, several – with Darcy Swain still suspended, you know, it's a chance for Nick Frost to make a statement. You know, and then honestly, even potentially, like, there's a whole bunch of young kids in the squad as well, you know. Yeah. Ollie Callens from the Force, you know, Teddy Wilson from the Waratahs is a young scrum half. It's Max Jorgensen, who's just been this 18-year-old freak kid, just been yeah. signed by the Waratahs. Like, give them a chance and kind of just be like, all right, let's see what you can do. Let's just, let's, we'll throw you in there. The game's, it's an uncapped game. It's against Jap- a Japanese 15, which, won't, again, won't be their strongest side. We'll just see what you can do. It's And just... Really treated as a mini selection battle. Like it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think it's 
I think it's dope that it's happening. Um, actually, the really funny thought I had, cool, this is happening in the door. Like, wouldn't it be cool? That's a really good team in there. They should split the team in two, and then you have a Queensland team, Rotar's team. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's just Super Rugby. That's uh, literally Super Rugby. <laughs> um, that was the thought part I was going down. But, um, yeah, I thought it, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Got to see how we go. It's against Japan. Um, but I, I really kind of like that idea that after Super Rugby ends, that we have this kind of tournament. Um, or perhaps, you know, okay, okay, so what do you do with this? So they tried to do the NRC, but you have to build these new clubs ground up. That's very hard to do. Um, so, okay, well, the other element is, okay, why don't you just put the likes of Randwick or University of Queensland, um, Brothers or whatever, up in Brisbane together, and then you have one team from Then again, that doesn't really work because it's so kind of feudal and people are missing out. Um, so, I don't know what you do, and I, I kind of feel that maybe my answer to this, and I'm, I'm not sure who knows, but in South American soccer league, Argentina, and they have the they have two tournaments a year. They're called the opening and the closing, and they're two leagues. They play a league once, and whoever first wins that title, and then you have a second during the season and that was the title I think they should probably do something like that with Super opening and the closing or in, in Spain it's the Apertura and Clausura they should do something like that and that would probably and you just have the season again um, obviously with different teams while Nationals go on one would be more valid than the other but I don't know I think that's the only kind of solution I think that there's there's another I think, and it's going the full European model is get, get some Japanese clubs involved and make like a little almost like a Champions League style tournament. That would be sick as well. I like I don't know what the stumbling blocks are there. It's I, again, it's one of those things. I reckon it's going to be it that that can be part of the future, and I, I think it's something that that has been. That got, I think got thrown up on Sunday when they, they were talking about the Super Rugby draw is the potential heading down the line of looking at, at a potential scenario where you're playing some of the best teams in, you know, some of the best teams in Japan. You then go and play some, I don't know, you bring a couple of the American sides into it. You bring, you literally just go all, all across the world and just be like, you know, let's... I think the American sides, when it... Really, uh, you don't have to play it in Australia or New Zealand or only in Japan or something. So you can you can make it work. Like it's it's one of those things. You can. It's so so what it was. It's one of those things. It, it's what the Northern Hemisphere is going. So so what was proposed? Sorry, I found the article. Uh, it was a a proposed World Club Challenge competition, and the quote from um the one of the guys from New Zealand Rugby um about that kind of the situation about that they're essentially professional rugby GM, a guy by the name of Chris, Chris Lendrum, is that, well, let me find the quote, it's, it's a hugely exciting pro, um, proposal. There's a gap in the rugby market for the very best clubs in the Hemisphere. 
and we know our club's really motivated to be involved. And that, that would be for like involved in Northern Hemisphere stuff as well. So like, if you can get it to an, get it to a extent that like, sure, you're not gonna have a lot of your international players involved, but if you have that like running alongside internationals as well, or in this little gap period that we find ourselves in between, a, you know, TRC and Spring Tour, that that could get some really fun matchups, and ultimately, kind of, you know, limit that gap that you have where you're missing out on valuable game time. So like. I think that I reckon that's your way forward. Um, yeah, it's definitely fun. I just don't like the idea because it would be a special tournament. You wouldn't be able to build up the league and the rivalries. Uh, anyway, regardless, I guess viewers, let us know. Um, let us know in the comments. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, do we have anything else? Oh, I think it's, there's one more question. The final, most important okay, question. Okay. All right, just a, so question. You can all right. You can turn one of one of the current squad into an immortal vampire. They stay young and healthy forever. But the catch is, they can only play games in Australia. Who do you do it to? Oh, uh, this is an incredibly stupid question. Uh, <laughs> we think, um, kind of like it. So does this mean that like suck blood? Is there- no, like I'm just like. They've found a rub- rugby equivalent of like getting it out. Like we're not saying someone goes up and fully like hocks onto a vampire. Like we're saying, you know, we've 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 created technology which keeps you immortal, but you have to stay in Australia. I'm saying I'm saying I'll say at the all right. So the player they're immortal. It's it's someone in the current squad when they were at their best. Um, I'm gonna say Marika. Oh, it's not it's not a bad shout, but you, you're then losing for a World Cup next year. You know, can't go on a spring tour. Like, true, but it'd become a legend, you know. Maybe, maybe like, like Reese Hodge. Just, you send him out and just, just to kick us to victory. Just, just bring the long, the long boot out. Just an Australian only attraction. Yeah, with these fangs sticking out as he lines up the kick. I'm proud to say that. About 20 dudes in the crowd dressed as, um, Who's the, who's the, the count from Sesame Street? Sesame yeah, I know. Street. I know the count is there. What you just want someone just what you just want just a crap instead of the, of the memes that will come out of it. Just the gold instead of the gold brigade, it's just the vampire brigade. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the the Dracula drones. Count Hodge, yeah. <laughs> count Hodge, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, about um, said, there's a there's alliteration there we can go off. Good old Count Cooper. Screw it. I want to say I want to say Quade Cooper just at his best. You just keep, we just keep really like wheeling him out. You know, develop develop a young guy. Sure, and then as soon as we get back to Australia, it's like get Quade Cooper. Out. Like like when I say at his best, like at his best, like the type of steps that still make Corey Jane's ankles creak. Like <laughs> I want I want that level of Quade Cooper. Like just just stepping stepping guys and just absolutely making plays and just you know. You know this means his fashion line will be immortal as well. That's not too bad. I've seen, seen worse athlete lines. That, that, can be a question, that can be a question for next week. Which player has the worst fashion brand? <laughs> that would require, require us to do research. Uh, nah, yeah, true. No, nah, we can't be seen to be doing that. Okay. Too much effort. Wait, i got a question for you. So if you people haven't heard it, um, Michael Sheen, the Welsh actor, 
was on British TV and they asked him, Wales going to play the soccer cup. So they asked him, oh, what kind of pep talk would you give? And I don't know if you've seen the clip, Nathan, but it's electric. I haven't seen it, but we'll, we'll, we'll link it. We'll link it. We'll link it. And they actually kind of reached out to him, the Welsh soccer team, and said, oh, do you want to actually do this pep talk for us? Um, so what Australian actor would you pep talk for the Australian team? Oh, jeez, that's a tough one. I think you, you've got to go Thor. To get like do do get Kroon Sandsworth to do a proper Thor like like do do a, his proper deep voice is just kind of just makes the whole place just vibrate like oh, yeah. that'd be that'd be my top choice. Trying to think uh, who, who else who else would deliver a good pep speech? Do you count as a Kiwi? I guess that's like that Quade Cooper way. Like you know he's technically an Australian. Aiken said this is Australian. That's good enough. Me. Um, give him the helmet as well. Oh, just go proper green. I will get a blood aside on this life of life. <laughs> um, I thought you would say Russell Crowe. I thought that was your biggest answer. Um, no, I mean Thor. Thor is Thor, like you know. My second answer is going to be Hugh Jackman. Is he really going to get like? Will he give an inspirational speech? Be doing great tap dance. <laughs> that's that's what we need. Is yeah. An inspirational tap dance from Tuesday. It's something a bit different, you know. Rennie did the guitar. He got the guitar out, so. I would say, I would say outside of Russell Crowe, I mean, I think Jeffrey Rush would give a decent speech. If you could bring oh. him back, if you could bring him back, if, like, because we are talking about vampires here, you know, just go full Heath Ledger in the Joker, Joker outfit. <laughs> But nah, I, I'd say yeah. yeah I'd say in the pool cue. <laughs> forget, forget, forget Michael Jack in the golf club. Like that's what we need. <laughs> um, uh, <didn't> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all. I can't think of anyone else. Ben Mendelssohn. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably, <laughs> probably Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, that would be interesting. You would, you'd pay to watch that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just, you to, just to see what he'd come up with. This is this weird old dude coming in. <laughs> I'd back it. I'd uh, back it. I'd back and deliver a solid, solid rep. Or maybe Toadie. <laughs> Good old Toadie. It's crap. Oh, cool. All right. Um, well, thanks, Nathan. And thanks, Nick. Magically passed away during the recording of this podcast. Um, if you see someone just fried by lightning, just let us <laughs> yeah. let us know. Uh, buried in an NRC coffin. <laughs> buried with the NRC. <laughs> You're burying with the toaster. Um, uh, cool, cool, cool. Um, well, I don't know if you listen to other podcasts. I was listening to. Uh, ESPN's podcast, and they had a very awkward outro. Yeah, and that last one, or the second last one, which I possibly can't compete with. Um, usually do awkward outros. Um, we'll do a very normal one. Say thank you, Nathan. Right. It's, always, it's always a pleasure. It is always, I don't know how we got into vampires and giving active speeches, but you know what? It's probably not the weirdest, weirdest thing we've ended on, so that's something. It's less morbid than talking about the letter, so that's for sure. That's true.
That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, Colby's next play, I think, on the uh, when they from twenty second of October. Uh, I believe it, it's yeah. It's the twenty it would be. No, it's not the twenty second. I think it's the 29th. The 29th over there. So it would be thirtieth our time. Yeah. Okay. So in four weeks' time. Get um, get get behind the Wallaroos. Yeah, Wallaroos. So they kick off on the eighth of October, which is two weeks away. Five on channel on channel nine. Get behind it. Sick. Um, Australia Australia this weekend as well. Yeah. If you if you're oh, yeah, having those playing in Japan as well. If you're having those come downs, I believe it's an eight o'clock Saturday game. So like prime time, just get it on. Watch us oh, hopefully eight o'clock at night. That's sick. Um, I've I've been to the Chichi and Budamumia stadium in Japan. By the way, it's a good one. It was sick, yeah. It was like twenty bucks for two games. Uh, they had like you could buy scrum potatoes. Buy scr- what potatoes? Scrum potatoes, like, like potatoes that look like this big ball. Oh, that is a bit of me. And beers were like three bucks. It was. That's a that's a dream. That's a yeah, dream. Yeah, no, absolute dream. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining everyone. Uh, Watch rugby when you can. Um, hope you're not too depressed, unlike me. Um, and we'll catch you. I don't know. Maybe, maybe later. Who knows? We'll probably do. We'll, we'll probably do one before the Scotland test. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, know. If you want, if you want to do a Q and A, leave us questions, and we'll do a, we'll do a yeah, Q and yeah, A. Sure, we'll we'll do sure. we'll do a Q and A with actual questions. For sure, for sure. Um, okay. Thanks, everyone. Catch you later. See you. What did go wrong? I have to look, look and think about it, think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Sirelli Bombo? A bit of genius, a bit of magic. Sirelli Bombo, very interesting, very good, yeah. Very good, three cheers for Sirelli Bombo, very good, very good. God, that's going to be such a mess for Nick to edit. Well, you finally sent me over the intro so I could do it. Nah, I feel like Nick, Nick, Nick has to suffer. <laughs> His his internet stuffed up, so that's on him.